So first thing I want to do in the notes, everybody has their notes, is I want to remind us of that wonderful lesson that we had last month with Pastor Dave Doyle. So I put down the 10 key points that he listed because I want to get our minds back on that thought of our spiritual gifts. And one of the things he said is given at least one gift, but we also know that some of us have multiple gifts, and we have seen that in many people. The Holy Spirit determines who receives a gift. We are to use our gifts to serve others for the benefit of the body. Each gift is equally valuable, and that's so important. Your gift is special to God, therefore is special to all of us. We are commanded to use our gifts and done in spiritual service to God with sound judgment. And with God's given ability, we, our abilities will be developed because it's by the grace of God a measure of grace is given to us or exercise our gift accordingly. God's grace enables our gifts, empowers our gifts, and enriches our gifts. You guys have the Holy Spirit behind you, and that's a beautiful picture, such a beautiful picture. So what am I going to teach today? I'm going to teach three of the gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gift of administration. I picked the word of wisdom and knowledge, not that I have the gift of i.e., to let you know. <laughs> um, but I picked those two to clarify the differences in the five speaking gifts because those, these two gifts are kind of a quiet gift that you really don't know a lot about, so I picked those two. But then I also picked a gift that I do feel like God has blessed me in, and that's the gift of administration. And I had been working at this church for over seven years, and it's been such a blessing to be able to use that gift in the church office. So we're going to start with the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12.8. For to one is given the word of knowledge through the Spirit, and the other the word of, oh, sorry, the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to the other the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Before I dive into the details of these two gifts, I wanted to start with some key points about wisdom and knowledge The help, you know, that's been, you know, because we see these words throughout the Bible. First point, we are all called to seek the wisdom and knowledge of God, which is revealed in the word of God. Some examples are in the book of Proverbs, Paul's prayers, and Ephesians, and in Colossians. So in letting scripture speak for itself, in the book of Proverbs, King Solomon's purpose for writing the book of Proverbs, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, He says, the wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Tell me me I said hi. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's prayers for believers in Ephesians and in Colossians are so deep, and I love these two prayers In Ephesians, Paul prays that the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him so that you will know the hope of his calling, his inheritance and the saints, his power towards us who believe. In Colossians, he talks about that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and the spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in the manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. Bearing fruit, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Ladies, look these prayers up. Put them in your heart. You see God is saying knowledge of him, knowledge of him and wisdom. 
and also his will. And what does that do? You're knowing God and you're doing God's will. These prayers are really beautiful. So it is a blessing to seek the wisdom and knowledge of God for our good and for our glory. So if you don't have the gift of the word of wisdom or the gift of the word of knowledge, you are not off the hook from knowing God's word. Okay. Second point, it's good to understand the difference between the word wisdom and the word knowledge. Wisdom, Sophia, is the Greek word, full of intelligence, wise cleverness, the Hebrew word, which I'm not going to pronounce, wisdom in a good sense, skillful one using this gift is given the ability to understand God's word and his will and to skillfully apply that understanding to life, application, knowledge, gnosis, the act of knowing. The Hebrew word means aware, skill, truth. One using this gift is one who majors in grasping the meaning of the word of God with the ability to understand and speak God's truth with insight. A term I put down for this one is interpretation. So when you think of wisdom, think about application, applying. When you think of knowledge, think about interpreting God's truth. There's a third point. The gift of wisdom and knowledge is a speaking gift. Now, I know you're probably saying, well, of course it is, Karen, (laughs) you know. But it's important to understand that writing out literature and speaking of what is written are different skills. This helps you see how these gifts are used. Now, I'm not saying that people with the gift of of the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge does not write books, because they do. And we are so blessed by the many literatures that we get to read and grow and ponder on. But what I am saying is that, um, you know, we've got to look at how this word is listed in the Bible. The word of, the word of, word, logos, means of speech, something said. So now you're seeing, it's saying the speaking of wisdom, the speaking of knowledge, explaining God's word clearly for others to understand and apply. So the word of knowledge is speaking the meaning of the word of God to help others to better understand. The word of wisdom comprehends the word of God and speaks God's wisdom to others to apply it. Fourth point. Some may ask, isn't that just like the gift of prophecy or teaching? Good question. The first thing to notice is that the gifts of the word of wisdom and knowledge is distinct from the gifts of prophecy in the gift of teaching, and they are also distinct from one another. Now, even though the gifts are listed separately, remember, we can have a variety of gifts. Remember, it says a variety of gifts of, in, in a variety of ministries um, with a variety of effects. That's very important to remember when we talk about our gifts. And so, so with a measure of grace according to the Spirit. So compared to prophecy, The gifts of the word of wisdom and knowledge is not proclaiming and prophesying. It is not speaking new revelation from God. The gift of teaching, which is another one, is a little gray area because, remember, teachers can have multiple gifts, and you can see a teacher speak with the word of knowledge, with the word of wisdom, and even a teacher who has a gift of evangelism, and, and, you know, you will see that. But with teaching, from the classroom to the pulpit, The word of God is taught for the edification of all of us. But the teaching topic may not be specifically directed at everyone's heart. The speaking of wisdom or knowledge seems more direct with a specific insight 
of wisdom or knowledge to be given to a specific person or group in a moment. And we give you an example with Acts 18 with Priscilla and Aquila with Apollos. So in Acts 18, it says, Now a Jew, na- a Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being equated with the baptisms of John, and he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him to the side and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Ladies, if you continue to read that story, Apollos humbly received this beautiful truth, even though he was a man of God that knew his word, and he became a mighty warrior for the Lord. So in summary, we are all called to seek the wisdom of God in which is revealed in the word of God. It is good to understand the difference between the word of wisdom, application, and the word of knowledge, interpretation. The gifts are the speaking of wisdom, the speaking of knowledge, explaining God's word clearly for others to understand and apply. The gifts of the word of knowledge and wisdom is distinct from the gifts of prophecy and the gift of teaching, and and they are also distinct from one another. One little thing, differences in the five speaking gifts, you can think of it this way, and I'm sorry I forgot to put this in your notes. Prophecy proclaims God's word. Knowledge clarifies God's word. Wisdom applies God's word. Teaching imparts God's word. And the last speaking gift, exhortation, demands God's word be obeyed. (laughs) 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 Prophecy proclaims. Knowledge clarifies. Wisdom applies. Teaching imparts. Exhortation demands. God's word to be obeyed. So, with those four points in mind, let's now let's take a look at the notes out of Pastor Allen's book, Grown Disciples Course, that he did in 2019, Understanding and Using Spiritual Gifts. He said about the word of wisdom, mental excellence, expressing an attitude as well as an act of the mind, comprehends knowledge and speaks God's wisdom. The speaking gift describes someone who can understand and speak for biblical truth in, in such a way to skillfully apply to life situations with all discernment, the word of wisdom. What it is not, it is not speaking man's wisdom, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. It is not the gift of prophecy or the gift of teaching, as we talked about, it, and it is not the gift of knowledge. Application. Again, applying biblical wisdom to specific problems of others. Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Another thing this is very important, ladies, is that it begins with fearing God and results in doing what is right. Proverbs 9, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is it's so important. Also, the wisdom of God reflects his character. James 3, but the wisdom from above is, ab- pure, is sorry, 
But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. What a beautiful passage, James 3.17. So some possible applications with the word of wisdom could be a biblical counselor, discipler, a spiritual advisor, a mediator. But that's not an exhausted list. Wisdom, again, Proverbs 24.6. For by wise guidance you will wage war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Word of knowledge. Knowing means understanding, intelligence, comprehension. The gift of the word of knowledge refers to comprehending and communicating the depth of God's word for the edification of others in the church. It is not knowledge of things outside of biblical record. And again, it's not proclaiming or preaching, but it is rather simply communicating its meaning so that others may understand it. It is not the gift of wisdom. Characteristics of God's knowledge, like God's wisdom, God's knowledge comes to us as we fear and obey him, the fear of the Lord. And Proverbs 1 is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 15, the mind, of the, the mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. God's knowledge is to be obeyed. All else is mere lofty speculation, as Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians. He says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is found in Christ. In Colossians 2, Paul tells us, he says to those who have not seen him, and that Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Possible applications in the church. A Bible scholar, someone who becomes an expert in biblical history, languages, and cultures. Someone skilled in apologetics. Someone who can understand and critique false religions. A Bible translator. Again, this list is not exhausted. Proverbs 15.2. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. So I spent a little extra time on these two because I know they're a little, it's, we really needed to dig into it. But now we're going to go into my favorite one, the best one ever. <laughs> we are going to take a look at the gift of administration. <laughs> so, and I know you guys are excited about this gift. I know you are. The word administration, kubernesis. I love trying to pronounce these Greek words. <laughs> kubernesis. It, it, is, it has to do with steering as in the ship. In Acts 27, it says, but the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than he was by being set, but what was being said by Paul. But what I want you to know then this, the pilot does not own the ship and is not the captain. This gift, this makes the gift of administration different from the gift of leading. Notice that in Acts 27, the pilot is distinguished from the ship owner. The owner, or captain, has ultimate responsibility for the ship and gives general direction to the pilot who implements those orders. So therefore, in the same way, the administrator is one who carries out the decision of an executive. The gift of administration, then, is a God-given ability to implement decisions and policy in the church, and then that is under the leadership of our elders and leaders. 
So characteristics of a good administrator is good stewardship and serving the interests of the one in charge, making the most of our time. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of our time because the days are evil. Making the most of the church's money, you'll be happy to hear this one. <laughs> he who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much, and we should not serve God in wealth. Counting the costs before acting. This is another one that's important. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has, to see if he has done enough to complete it? Another thing about um, administrators that I wanted to bring out to you is that they also differ in how they work. There are administrators who are extroverted and administrators who are introverted, and both are a blessing to the church and to the body of Christ. What does it look like? Extroverted administrators thrive in working with people. They appoint leadership teams, organize volunteers, recruit those who need a little nudge to get involved. So if I have nudged you, I apologize. Introverted administrators may feel more comfortable behind the scenes, planning events and organizing calendars that benefit the whole church. There are those quiet ladies and men behind those scenes that are really blessing us. They are more project-oriented, while extroverted administrators are more relational. Another area that I want to say is what the gift administration is not, perfectionism. Oh, I heard that. So while we are to do our work with excellence, ladies, perfectionists work in the flesh for self-gratification, not for the glory of God. Perfectionism will take away your joy and the other's joy who are working with you. Let me tell you, we all battle with pride. Pride can creep in under the perfect dress of perfection, making you lose compassion and patience with your brothers and sisters in Christ and low self-esteem if it does not go according to plan. We were so blessed to hear 1 Corinthians 13. Love is, last Sunday, patience, long-suffering. Another thing that the gift administration is not is a competitive mindset which is worldly tactics through a worldly view of success. Adopting business strategies that may appear successful while actually operating in the flesh. So some possible applications in the church under the the leading of the elders and other leaders is working in the church office, handling church finances, coordinating a particular ministry, planning for a ministry or event. So in closing... I leave you with this scripture in 1 Peter 4.11. For those who have a speaking gifts and do those who have serving, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God, whoever serves to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen, ladies. So, in summary... Speaking gifts and serving gifts, the word of knowledge, interpretation of the word of God, one who is giving the ability to understand and speak God's truth of insight to another. Wisdom, the word of wisdom, application of the word of God, one who is giving the ability to understand God's word and his will and to skillfully apply that understanding to life. 
the serving gift administration, the God-given ability to implement decisions and policies in the church under authority of the elders and other leaders. Ladies, now you are experts in these three gifts. <laughs> okay.